MSW Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, December 28th, 2021. Today, I'm still on vacation, but I have another amazing interview with the host of the Words to Win By podcast. Her name is Anat Shankar Osoro. You're going to love it. I hope you enjoy it. Today, we are talking with Anat Shankar Osorio. She is the host of the Words to Win By podcast. Anat, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to talk to you. I absolutely love your show. Can you tell us a little bit about what, when you started it and what prompted you to start Words to Win By? Yeah. So what prompted me was a long overdue recognition of my own hypocrisy. And what I mean by that is my first principle and precept of good messaging is say what you're for, say what you're for, say what you're for. And in fact, I like to make fun of the left and say, if we had written the story of David, it would be a biography of Goliath, because we like to talk about our opposition 24-7. And there's all sorts of issues with that. And what I noticed was that when I would be giving presentations, I would frequently be saying to people, look at this terrible message. It was terrible for the following reasons, and it did not perform. And also this terrible message, and what were these people thinking? And I was like, oh, I do not say what I am for. And so I disciplined myself to make a podcast, Words to Win By, that is about winning. And so every single episode, it's a narrative podcast, is about a campaign we won somewhere in the world. And you get to go backstage and meet the campaign managers and meet the candidates and meet the people who did the research. And we go through, you know, varies by episode. But what were the words that people plan to use? What was the status quo message? Why did we reject that? What was the new message? How did we arrive at it? How did we implement it? And then, you know, the one challenge with the podcast my producers and I have is there's no dramatic tension because. The answer in every show is that then we won. So you don't really have the like build up to the payoff. (laughs) What a great idea. Uh, I'm all about positive reinforcement. I think it works and sticks so much better than negative reinforcement. And I think we have a wonderful example. And I know know you don't like to talk about when we lose. But uh, let's take a look at at Virginia and the messaging there uh, in the governor race. And the brand new Stacey Abrams campaign and the messaging there and how different they are and where they fall along your spectrum of how we win and how we lose. Yeah. So the Virginia race is pretty much a punch card of what not to do. Um, They pretty much hit every single button. The first is if you want people to turn out, Basically, you need to remember that in every single race, despite the fact that we have a two-party system, in America, there are always three candidates running in every race, your person, the other person, and stay at home. And stay at home literally has the home team advantage because people are already home. And so what we find over and over again, especially with people who are commonly referred to in political parlance as infrequent voters, I call them high potential voters. 
because you mm-hmm. make your own reality. So I refuse to label them by what I don't want them doing. They are not motivated to go out and take this action, especially in an off-year election, you know, right after a really big election in the midst of a pandemic, belays, all the rest of it, unless you actually give them something to vote for. So that's thing one that, um, you know, Stacey has nailed and understands. I mean, if ever there were someone to fall in love with and someone to vote for, Stacey is really well up there. The other thing that is really critical, and it's hard to focus on just a few, but I'll name two others. Politics isn't solitaire. And what I mean by that is that people's formulation, their ideas and opinions about Democrats do not come out of what Democrats say or even what Democrats do. If that were the case, I would be on vacation. You may be as well. People's political judgments are influenced heavily by what people say about you. And so we need to recognize that our messages don't land in a vacuum. And what that means is that race neutral is not a thing. Even if that were your desire and intent, the right wing is race baiting day and night, all day long. It has been their strategy, arguably since forever, and certainly since Lee Atwater crafted Nixon's, quote, Southern strategy. He said so explicitly, this is what I am going to do. I'm going to make white people hate and resent government via characterizing government as an evil force that hands things out by using racially coded invectives like welfare queen or in the olden days, states rights or more recently law and order or even the phrase illegal immigrants, which if you actually think about it, doesn't name race. The phrase illegal immigrants doesn't say Latinos, but when someone says illegal immigrants, surely what comes to mind is not the Swedish backpacker who overstayed their visa. So what Stacy understands and what did not happen in Virginia, is that your message has to act as a rebuttal and a rejoinder to what the other side is saying. And that is where a narrative approach that I have been very, very proudly part of helping create and work on that's called the race class narrative comes into play. It is this one, two, three punch of first explicitly stating your higher order value, saying what you're for, intentionally calling to mind race, and then second, calling out the opposition, not just for what they do, but ascribing motivation, that they are engaged in deliberate division, that they are trying to get us, in essence, to point our finger at the brown guy so we don't point it at the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And and it kind of makes me wonder, talking about the differences between McAuliffe and, and Stacey Abrams and their campaigns, where Biden falls along on that spectrum, because he kind of did, I wouldn't say an equal share. Most of his messaging was, here's what I'm going to do. The Build Back Better plan, the American Jobs Act, pathway to citizenship, et cetera, et cetera. Very progressive platform, the most progressive platform we've seen in any presidential election in history, as far as I, as far as I know, as far as I can tell. Um, I think that's probably pretty well known and, and decided, as, as we could probably call that a fact. Uh, but I'll just I'll go ahead and, and say it's my opinion. Um, but he also did his fair share of Trump bashing. Uh, but, you know, that might have been a little bit of an anomaly um, because hundreds of thousands of people had died. I mean, it was just there was so much material there. And I, and I think a good deal 
of why Trump may have lost that election uh, was because of his terrible and misguided response to the COVID pandemic. Uh, and, and that message was not uh, left out of, of Biden's campaign. So what do you think that that's just that sort of we can't go by that because it's anomaly? Or where do you think Biden Biden's messaging fell, fell on that spectrum? Yeah. So to be clear, I'm not arguing that there shouldn't be attacks against the other side. In fact, I quite pointedly think that there should be. It's a question first of amount and then second of ordering. It turns out when we test essentially the same three sentences in a different order, they yield a remarkably different result. So messages that begin with the problem statement, that begin with the attack, that begin with what I jokingly call, boy, have I got a problem for you, that doesn't work. You have to name what you're for, the higher order value first, and then you name the problem second. And the way that you name the problem, and this is another you know, real issue with McAuliffe. Apologies if this feels like a digression. I am going to answer your Biden question. McAuliffe's closing ad was a brutal depiction of the violence in Charlottesville. And so what does that do? That evokes fear. Fear, we have seen through research, in political messaging what that does is it creates a fight or freeze response in people who are already activists, people who are engaged in political behavior. It evokes fight. That is why, you know, people retweet it. They share it. They send it. They give their twenty seven dollars, whatever, what have you. But in our base, meaning people who are ideologically aligned with us, but not engaged in political behavior, the choir we need to grow. The high, the really high potential voters. The high potential voters. <laughs> it evokes a freeze response. It makes people want to essentially kind of go into their cave and say, oh my goodness, that is terrifying. That is scary. The negative emotion, because it isn't just about positive, it is about the interplay and about leading with positive and then going to the problem second. The negative emotion that evokes action is anger and not fear. And so what we need to evoke is a sense of defiance, a sense of these people think they're going to do this, not on my watch, rather than showing an ad of utter terror and essentially having no possible solution because McAuliffe couldn't present himself as an antidote or answer to that, because how is that going to happen? And so what you're leaving people is with this the world is on fire and it's garbage and you're telling me I should go vote, that makes about as much sense as, you know, the polar ice caps are melting and I should change my light bulb. The response doesn't feel commensurate to the problem. And so people just sort of become cynical, reject it. I often tell people that our opposition is not the opposition. It's cynicism. It's not that people don't think our ideas are right. It's that they don't think our ideas are possible. And so why bother? And so with Biden, see, I didn't forget. <laughs> Biden did, I, I share your estimation. I think he did a lot of positive. He did an effective job when he characterized Trump, which he did far less than, say, for example, Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton's ads in a neutral, like an actual cataloging of her ads, 
I can't remember the final number, but it was above 80%. It may have even been 90 were negative ads about Trump versus saying good things about herself. It was really, really off in terms of the balance. Biden was much more um, on the side. So I'm not saying there is no role for negative. I'm saying that negative needs to not be the only thing. It needs to not be the first thing. And it needs to not be fear-based. It needs to be anger defiance-based. All right. Well, with that formula, with that order of operations in mind, I have some questions about 2022, but I have to take a quick break. Will you stay with me? Absolutely. Thank you, everybody. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Hey, everybody. It's AG, and today's show is brought to you by Athletic Greens, the health and wellness company that makes daily nutrition simple and convenient. Uh, Okay, so AG1 by Athletic Greens is the category-leading superfood product that brings comprehensive and convenient daily nutrition to everybody. One scoop contains 75 vitamins and minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, mineral, <laughs> multimineral, probiotic, greens, superfood blend, and more in one convenient daily serving. A special blend of high-quality bioavailable ingredients in a scoop of AG1 work together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet. It supports energy and focus. It aids with gut health. That's that probiotic. And it supports a healthy immune system. Really important right now. And that effectively replaces multiple products or pills with one healthy, delicious drink. It is lifestyle-friendly, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, It has less than one gram of sugar. No GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificial anything. It's just awesome. And it it tastes great, too. My favorite thing is that the research changes, right, with science. That's what science does. It changes. And so does AG1. Most nutritional products that come on the market never evolve, but Athletic Greens continues to obsessively improve AG1 based on the latest research. They've had 53 improvements over the last decade and counting, so I highly recommend you give it a try. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you an immune-supporting free one-year supply of vitamin D. That's huge and five free travel packs with your first purchase when you visit athleticgreens.com slash daily beans today again simply visit athleticgreens.com slash daily beans to take control of your health and give ag1 a try today's show is also brought to you by upstart with upstart you can pay off your existing debt quickly and easily and start living your life it's hard you know you make those minimum payments and it seems like the principal doesn't go down because it doesn't you're just paying interest and take forever Some people spend half of their adult life just paying interest. But it's easy to pay off your debt with an online personal loan with Upstart. Over a million people have done it to pay off credit cards, fund personal expenses, pay off student loans. They do it with one fixed low monthly payment from Upstart because it looks beyond your credit score. You're more than just a number. They look at your credit history. um, They look at your uh, employment history, your income. And then they can get you a better rate based on those factors with their trusted partners. And you can check your rate right now for free without impacting your credit score in minutes for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. And once your loan is approved, you can get your funds in fa- as fast as one business day. So find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments when you go to upstart.com slash dailybeans. That's upstart.com slash dailybeans. Please use our URL to let them know we sent you. And your loan amount will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. That's upstart.com slash dailybeans. And finally, today's show is brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Are you getting enough? I'm sure you want more. Well, listeners, our sponsor today, AdamandEve.com, wants to give you more in the new year with 50% off just about any item, plus free shipping on your entire order. You know, for more than 50 years, AdamandEve.com has built a reputation as a trusted and reliable adult toy store. They take pleasure seriously and privacy seriously. So when you want to shop erotic toys, AdamandEve.com has it all. For men, women, straight, gay, anyone in between, Adam and Eve has everything you're looking for, an amazing variety of erotic products. So what do you have to do to get your 50% off one item and free shipping? It's not hard. Just go to AdamandEve.com, select any item. It can be an adventurous new toy or anything you desire. 
Uh, enter offer code DAILYBEANS, all one word, at checkout, and you'll get 50% off almost any item. Go check out adamandeve.com today. Select one item, get 50% off, including free shipping when you enter the offer code DAILYBEANS. And uh, again, we've all heard about, you know, maybe some supply chain issues. I think those have been solved, but, you know, shop often, shop early. Shop adamandeve.com and use code DAILYBEANS at checkout. Everybody, welcome back. We're talking to the host of the Words to Win By podcast, Anat Shankar Osario. And right before the break, I said, keeping your order of operations of messaging in mind, coming out with the positive first, then bringing in the problem statement. I want to talk a little bit about 2022, because it seems to me the biggest messaging that we may be taking into the midterms, and I don't know yet, something else might come up, uh, but I think it's going to be abortion rights um, and a woman's right to choose, Roe v. Wade. So uh, by your formula, it seems that the way that all politicians, starting with, with Congress, whatever Senate races we have, going all the way down to local races, governor races, and stuff like that, should begin with what you will do to protect abortion rights. And then perhaps that bit of defiance, that togetherness, that solidarity of fighting against those who would take our rights away, is that sort of how you would recommend the messaging go? Yeah. So let me formulate a message for you from scratch right now uh, with the caveat that because I'm doing it on the fly, it will need to be copy edited down. <laughs> so the first sentence to clarify is supposed to not be is, is the higher order value, not the what um, the politicians are going to do. The second sentence is the but today, the problem sentence. And then I didn't say this before, but the formula has a third sentence. There are three. The third sentence is the call to action, you know, what we're going to do. So what does that sound like? Something like either most of us, no matter what we look like, where we come from, what our gender, try to go through life without meddling in anybody else's. That could be an opener. Another opener could be. Most of us, whether we're black or white, men or women, young or old, believe that whether and when a person becomes a parent is one of the most personal and important decisions they make in their life. But today, second sentence, a handful of politicians and the Supreme Court justices, they rammed through undemocratically want to play Lord and Master over our bodies, forcing people to stay pregnant no matter what it costs their health, their life, or their pocketbook. In America, we believe in freedom, and that means the freedom of every single one of us to be able to have our own say about what we think is right and happens to our own bodies. That's why we're joining together today to pass the women's health. So you can have the emotional experience of the ad with and without sound.
Yeah. And then you can do the converse, which is you can close your eyes and listen to it. You can listen to uh, the voiceover and the music without the visuals, because actually the greatest impact in terms of altering persuasion and evoking emotion is through those visuals, is actually through our eyes more than, and of course, speaking about people who are not visually impaired. You know, this is assuming you're visually and auditorily, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's probably more how you look than that. Now, as far as how we respond or recognize um tactics being used against us, psychographics, things like that, pro psychographic profiling, which was a huge thing in 2016 and 2018, as we know. Um, what, normally what I do is I have sort of trained myself to become very aware and very mindful of my emotional response to a message. And if it makes me angry, I step back and try to evaluate it objectively because it might be targeted at my emotions, um, and, and particularly anger. And we know this because we, you know, we've read the Facebook papers. They weighted the anger emoji way more than they weighted any like or love emoji because they know that that's what gets clicks and eyes and interactions and sells ads. Um, so that's one way I, you know, try to be cognizant of these these right wing manipulation tactics. What are some other tactics? And how can we sort of prep ourselves to be aware of when they're happening? Yeah, that's a great question. So it's really wonderful that you have that self-evaluation and that pausing and so on. But I will tell you, at the risk of telling you something you don't like, over 90% of thought, it depends who you ask, some people say 95, 98, a percent of thought is unconscious, which means that every single one of us only knows what we think that we think. And that's true for me, even though I study this. And let's face it, I make ads all the time and do testing on them, as well as other forms of political communication that utilize persuasive techniques, because I'm very aware of what they are and aren't. So yes, being able to stop and reflect and sort of watch it again and so on is really, really important. I think the questions that we can ask ourselves is what, well, first of all, there are several things you can do. First, you can re-watch the ad with closed captioning without music on. Oh, yeah. So you can have the emotional experience of the ad with and without sound. Yeah, I remember when the Republican defense attorneys during the impeachment trial played a video and they played this dark, almost cinematic score to it. And I was like, instantly noticed it. And I was like, what the hell are they trying to do? I know what they're trying to do, but like it, it was very apparent. The social media picked up on it. Um, I, and I know a lot of uh, posts and tweets were written about that that soundtrack. So that's a that's a really um, that's an important aspect to understand too. To watch with the closed captioning on, so that you aren't influenced by the music. Yeah, and then you can do the converse, which is you can close your eyes and listen to it. You can listen to uh, the voiceover and the music without the visuals. Because actually, the greatest impact in terms of altering persuasion and evoking emotion 
is through those visuals, is actually through our eyes more than, and of course, speaking about people who are not visually impaired, you know, this is assuming you're visually and auditorily, yeah. Um, well, that's an old Eddie Izzard thing, right? 70% is how you look, 20% is how you sound, 10% is what you say. Yeah, and it's probably more how you look than that. Um, it's <laughs> probably. probably. Yeah, so you can do things like that. But the major thing that I want to say about that, and this is really, really a challenge Right now, what we're seeing in the basically nightly focus groups that we do, and we're fielding quantitative research instruments at least one a week through various projects, that the story about disinformation, rightly so, to be clear, has people, especially the voters we most desperately need to reach, in a place where they're concluding that nothing is true, nothing can be believed, everything is not credible, right? So they've definitely received in the information that disinformation is rampant, you know, nothing is to be trusted, things that look like news sources are lying to them. And what that means is that legitimate sources of information about, let's say, something really important, like that vaccines work, or that you ought to mask, or you know, when voting day is and how you can vote by mail and how that's safe and effective to do in jurisdictions where that applies. People are now suspicious of any information that to them looks political and sadly health information is now deemed political. And so the big, big challenge with disinformation, not from the vantage point of a consumer of media, but rather from somebody who is creating public discourse even if you don't do that as a professional, even if you're doing that just, you know, in the course of using social media yourself or talking to your friends and family or, you know, just being a person who is engaged in politics and conveying that information, whatever way you do, it's incredibly important to remember that just as nature abhors a vacuum, so does, so does information. And so the only way to actually contend with disinformation is to flood the zone with truth. Just the pointing out of this is a lie and this is a lie and this is a lie and Facebook is evil and Facebook did these evil things and these are evil things, which is important. That actually renders us a potential victim of our own success because when we need to do political ads on Facebook, and we do because we can't unilaterally disarm, then people don't believe what we're saying, even though it's true. And so it's really, really important to actually be more disciplined and more fine-grained. And instead of saying, disinformation is rampant, this is a lie, these are the lies, this many you know posts are lies, this many, the top scoring Facebook pages are all lies, saying truthful Facebook pages, truthful Facebook posts get this many fewer, like actually pointing out that there is truth too and what is true. Yeah, sunlight, sunlight disinfects. Um, well, I this is such this is such a fascinating topic, and and I want uh, people to learn more about this. Can can you tell everyone? I mean, I'm assuming they can get your podcast wherever they get podcasts, but where everyone can follow you, get this information, and keep up to date. We make everything open source, which means that if you go to our website, asocommunications.com, you can find their messaging guides, you can find their ads that we've helped create and that we've run for all sorts of things, principally around voter mobilization. You can find um, research reports, etc. 
and we make everything open source. The most recent guide we have on there, just to give one for instance, we call Freedom to Learn. It is based on a robust set of research studies that we just completed around how you make the race forward, full throated, effective case that is both mobilizing and persuasive about public schools in the face of unrelenting right wing lies and attacks on history teaching under the name of critical race theory. So guides there. And then the words to win by podcast. Yes, you can listen to it wherever you do. We also have a website, um, which you can get to through my site, um, where we include extra materials. So messaging guides that are related to that episode or ads that were run so you can watch them, not just hear the audio through the podcast. Awesome. And, and what's the what's your podcast website? It's words to win by hyphen odd.com. Okay. Words to T-O. T-O. Win, win by hyphen pod.com. Yep. That's awesome. It. Well, everybody check that out. Um, wealth of information uh, there on messaging. And I appreciate your time today. Thanks so much for joining us. No, the reverse. Thank you for having me. All right, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I loved talking with Anat. It was very educational. We have another show for you tomorrow, another interview with Frangela, the host of the Final Word podcast. You don't want to miss it. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. And until then, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. I've been AG, and them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane, with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com.